Good evening. So, any questions tonight? Um, yes? Um, I don't remember the name. We had a discussion about it a few nights ago. Um, I'm trying to remember. Ani Rupa. Basically, the term Sanskrit term that refers to utilizing something material for the benefit of bhakti. Aroksida bhakti. So, um, I guess my question would be: When does one know that that you're using it right, and when when does it become kind of a, a scapegoat, or so to say, you're justifying and enjoying what you're enjoying? Well, I think that. It's kind of conflating Aropasita Bhakti with uh, the idea of Yukta Bhairagya. Aropasita Bhakti, rope means to assign. So there are things that are inherently Bhakti, and there are things that can become Bhakti by, by way of assa- assigning them. So I'm assigning my, assign my body over to Krishna, and then the bodily functions become Aropasita Bhakti. Hmm? Um, so I can sleep for Krishna, although sleeping is not an anga of bhakti. So by assignment, um, activities that arise naturally out of your um, material, psychological, and biological complex, your karmic um, embodiment, uh, can be tied in to the direct culture of bhakti that you're involved in. So that's um, uh, one thing. And then there's another concept called yutta vairagya, which means that rather than giving things up, hmm, um, like the jnanis do, they want to give everything up, we rather uh, excavate the connection that all things have with Krishna and use everything in Krishna's service. So there is a fine line, and perhaps this may be speaks more to what you're asking about um, as to uh, whether I'm using anything in Krishna's service or it's using me. Hmm? So, um, let's say you want to get the newest computer for Krishna's service. Uh, So, it's a fine line there. Typically, uh, uh, in a classical sense, what this yukta vairagya means detachment yukta is kind of like practical practical idea of renunciation in that if you don't own anything what do you have to renounce hmm? we don't own anything and um, therefore our renunciation involves acknowledging who does own everything if you understand that somebody else owns it it's not yours and tendency to enjoy it for yourself is going to be diminished if you're a little bit honest right so we acknowledge everything belongs to Krishna, so everything must have some utilization in his service, basically. That's a kind of a broad idea. But classically, the idea would be uh, things like taking prasadam hmm, rather than fasting. Hmm. Um, uh, japa beads would be... Would be uh, y- 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 uh, 
and such things at any, any rate, um, which is rather restricted, <laughs> as you can see. The great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur took the principle. The principle is one that differentiates us from jnanis. So the jnanis want to have nothing. We instead have things for Krishna. But typically, the devotee renunciates didn't have much. So the jnanis would consider the mala to be, you know, saguna, you know, from this world. But we wouldn't see it like that. So we're using it in Krishna's service. So, um, so <clears throat> there is a distinction there between the two, the jnanis and the, that type of renunciate and the, and the, and the bhakti uh, renunciate. But the principle of using things in Krishna's service was very much ex- extended in the modern era by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who, for example, uh, rode at times in, a, in what was called a motor car. <laughs> In India, now, just to ride in a motor car itself was pretty rare. Not too many people had them. Wealthy people would have them, but um, uh, rarer still. Uh, and probably he was probably the first person ever renunciate to ride in a in, in a car because renunciates would uh, not take any means of conveyance. They would walk, and typically, you know, barefooted or with a what are those shoes called? Padukas, where you just grip it with your toe, and yeah. wooden shoe, like that. They, they, they become very comfortable after a while, but at first they're not. <laughs> um, so uh, that was taking that principle, right, and uh, expanding upon it and starting to engage then things in the modern world in Krishna's service, like printing books widely, getting a printing press, and um, driving in a, in a car, and, and so forth. So um, this is kind of characterized the, the, the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta, um, employing things of the modern world in the service of spreading Krishna's uh, Mahaprabhu's dispensation, sharing it with, with the public. Mm-hmm. So opening temples, uh, big temples, and uh, so on and so forth. Prabhupada did it in a grand style, got a lot of facility in the United States, spent it all for for Krishna. <clears throat> but that's easier said than done. That takes a, a person uh, like Bhakti Siddhanta, Sarasati Thakur, so it's, it's not... Uh, uh, for everybody, and it's, it's quite common then in the name of that that someone will be, in the name of using something for Krishna service, will be used by the thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, what you have to be honest and also uh, with yourself, that's probably the hardest thing to do, but uh, uh, be devoid of hypocrisy, be sincere about making advancement. And, um, of course, you can inquire about a particular idea, concept, thing, whatever, from your guru, seeing your Vaishnavas, and, and you should inquire with a desire to know, yes or no, not, I was thinking of doing this, what do you think? You know, and you have no ear for no. <laughs> In other words, you, you actually want to ask, is this good for me or not? And then trust in the 
in the, in the answer. Is this in my interest or, or not? So you have that, and you have your own s sincerity, and you have your own uh, uh, temperature to tell, is this helping me in Krishna's service, or is this, am I just becoming distracted? Is my attraction for hearing and chanting increasing? Is there more time for that? Is I'm more focused on that, or, is, or I am I'm more splayed out? So it's it's you have to you know tell your own temperature, so to speak. And the, the literature is there, the teachings are there. You have to gauge and see. I mean, it's a yoga. You know, this is yoga, so that's a serious thing. You got to be watching yourself all the time, mm -hmm. watching your mind all the time. That's what it's about. It's mind watching. Mm -hmm. Mind sitting like babysitting. It's got to be watching it <laughs> all the time. Where where is it? And draw it back. And when it's there, draw it back and draw it back. What am I thinking? Why do I want to go there? What would be my purpose? What would I do? What, who do I want to meet? What, what, and so forth. And you want to evaluate all these things in terms of what's asked of you, what's expected of you, what, what the teachings say, and so forth. Um, but you know, you have to use use your your head, your intelligence, and your, and your sincerity. It's not. The, can give you a list. You know, these are the things that you know could be used. This is when you'll be, you know, an instance of being used by it. It's, it's, uh, it's. Um, like I say you got. You have to be mindful and tell your own temperature. And you can get, you know, as I said, consultation about particulars and so forth. Does that help? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. No, no, no. Yukta Bhairagya is, is detachment. Varopsita is, is a form of bhakti. So, uh, detached from something means uh, I, I, I don't think of it as mine, but I think of it as Krishna's. I use it in Krishna's service. Um, um, I guess I see what you're, what you're, what you're asking about. Um, uh, um, um, yeah, maybe uh, you could say kind of generally that um, Yukta Vairagi in relation to things. That's what you asked, right? So I accept things for Krishna's service. Ropsita Bhakti, I do things. In Ropsita Bhakti is, is a form of bhakti. So I do things in Krishna's service. I growing flowers is not Krishna Bhakti, but I grow flowers for Krishna. That's not Yukta Bhairagya. That's more like a Ropsita Bhakti. I ride in a, in a car, you know, I'm using a car in Krishna's service, uh, as Bhakti Siddhanta did, something like that. Mm. You know, so let's say, you know, typically renunciates only, only walk on, uh, never take a means of conveyance, okay? So there's a purpose behind that. Now the opportunity comes to take Bhakti to the other side of the world. Well, you're either going to walk on the water 
where you're going to take a boat or a plane, right? And you're going to violate ah, the principle of not taking conveyance, but what's your motive? Then you're using the boat or the plane in, in, in Krishna service. Preaching to the captain on the way. Rope Siddha Bhakti is um, what's spoken about really in Bhagavad Gita at the end of the ninth chapter where Krishna says, Yat Kuroshi Rashnasi Yat Chahoshi Dirasi Yat Tapasasi Kunteya Mat Marash I forget. Yeah, anyway, it says, Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer, whatever you give away, do it as an offering unto me. It means it includes even non-Varnashram activities. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer, whatever you give away, do it as an offering unto me. So it's a, it's a kind of... Um, what's another name for it? Yeah. I was thinking of a Sanskrit name before. Um... Anyway, that's an example of a rope siddha bhakti um, activities. Whatever you do, whatever you whatever you offer, whatever you give away. Yeah, so, the body bodily example that I've given is 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 a good example. Cleaning cleaning your teeth is not bhakti, but if. If I've assigned my body over, it's Krishna's teeth. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. extension, to speak, or extension of my guru, shining his teeth. <laughs> something, something like that. What else? Yes. Yeah. How morality was kind of relative within the realm of Varnashram and then um, there were men who, or not the men who, but the Bhaktas were not kind of subject to morality. But I was wondering how do you connect that with the idea that morality is ontologically rooted in consciousness and, and you know, because it, it kind of sounded like, you know, sometimes you speak of it that way. Well, yeah, it's rel it's 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 relative um, in relation to the absolute, but in relation to the world to, to transcendence, it's relative in relation to transcendence, but it's but it's 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 nonetheless in in relation to this world, hmm, then the good or bad is ontologically rooted there is a real there is a real good there is a real bad there are real consequences for actions good and bad hmm? 
But of course, the transcendentalist, as opposed to the religious person, uh, isn't engaged in the good or the bad. Hmm? He or she has gone to 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 another level. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're, they're, for example, the devotees exclusively engage in, in pleasing Krishna. Hmm? There may be a good and bad within that, a favorable or, or an unfavorable. But just because there's a spiritual world that transcends the material world doesn't mean that there isn't a, an ontologically rooted good and bad. When we say that 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 there's a real there there's a real good and a real bad, let's say, you know, right and and wrong. What we're saying, in another sense, is that the world is not meaningless, purposeless, hmm? and just a ball of uh, of dust. There are real consequences for your actions. So there are, there are repercussions. There is karma. Hmm? It, but it's a law that pertains to this world. The fact that it doesn't pertain to the transcendental world doesn't mean that it's not real. Karma doesn't, doesn't become... The world doesn't become meaningless because there's a transcendence. Hmm? Because there's a, you can transcend the small good and bad, hmm? ultimately. doesn't mean there isn't a real good and bad, because if there weren't, there wouldn't be consequences. That's the implication, right? If, there, if consciousness, for example, as we often argue, is just a, a really, a, a, um, really the brain, and it's just a physical... Uh, uh, force, um, uh, reality, physical reality, then there's nothing, there is no transcendence. Hmm? We say this, the unit, is, the, the, the Atma is a unit of transcendence. It, it is nirguna in nature. Hmm? Um, if we do away with that and just make it a dust bowl, well, then there's no meaning, there's no right, there's, there's no wrong. Hmm? But we don't do that, so we say that there's something other than just dust. Hmm? <laughs> and it actually has uh, a force, it has a say in how the dust moves. Hmm? So there is a moral force in the world that's moving the dust. That doesn't mean, oh, because, you know, they were sinful, that's why the hurricane came. You know, I mean, you know, yeah, but, you know, who, you can't sort all that kind of stuff out. But, but, but uh, there's, a, there, there's, there's the will of the jiva. Sir, it's not a physical force. Hmm? Um, and therefore, it's not going to show up when you look at it with a physical lens and so forth, but it, it is, it, it does have um, efficacy on, on the world. It's a, it's a, it's a uh, agent, it has agency, that's the term, agency. Hmm? So it's part of what makes things happen. Indeed, in the Gita Krishna, it makes the world go around. Hmm? Uh, Jiva Bhuta Mahabho Yayadam Dharyate Jagat. Hmm? So, where if you take that consciousness out, then you just got a dust bowl. Hmm? Well, as soon as you put the consciousness in there, uh, and and you distinguish it from matter and the natural world, then you've got the supernatural. So this world is the supernatural 
form of the Atma, bundled together with, with the world. Mm -hmm. and, and so the Atma is making choices, mm -hmm. doing things. So there are consequences. The dust moves, right? Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, the, 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 uh, again, if that wasn't the case, there would be no right, right and wrong. But, and there would be no consequences. There would be no transmigration, no reincarnation, all these things that we uh, accept from the texts and so forth. So, again, uh, the world has a dharma, it has a purpose. Um, it's not purposeless. Its purposes includes transcending it. That's part of its purpose. Hmm? Right? It's a facility for the jivas, the buddha jivas, to meet their maker. Hmm? It's basically what it's for. Hmm? Kind of with this in mind, the world is expanded and the Vishnu becomes many. Hmm? So it, it has a purpose. The fact that, 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 that you can figure the purpose out which is to transcend the world and now be independent of the good and bad. But being, but you have to understand, being independent of the good and bad means that the good and bad, the purpose behind them has been fulfilled. What's the purpose of doing the right rather than the wrong? You do the right rather than the wrong, then you're understanding of the world Im improves and so on and so forth that would be the basic idea at least in, within the Varnashram moral system so you, you follow the Varnashram system, you do the right rather than the wrong uh, you live a virtuous life uh, eventually you move from uh, the pursuit of, of artha, kama, dharma to moksha you come out on the other end of it so to speak you come from karma to jnana. This is the idea. So the jnana is not, when we say it's independent of the law, it's independent in a sense that you fulfill the law. Hmm? Hmm? Um, he, the jnani, and much more so the bhakti, doesn't have to be told what's right and wrong hmm? because he's already, she's already on a path that 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 uh, that that that's kind of um, subsumed, or uh, he uh, uh, you're pursuing uh, again. What's the purpose of the, of the right and the wrong? Hmm? So you've understood it. It's not that they're immoral, the sannyasis or the, the, the renunciates. It's that they don't have they don't have the um, the issues, the desires that need to be moderated by right and wrong and rules and regulations and harnessed hmm? so that their freedom as humans doesn't doesn't uh, uh, doesn't do them in uh, so that they have enough rope to hang themselves so to speak so you know, make sure they don't hang themselves so you give them a little rope and then you give them rules and parameters to, to, to live within hmm? That's like I say. Sometimes the moral life needs to be put in a cage, and so then you're going to let them out at a certain point. Hmm? 
but he's not going to bite you, so, you know, therefore he doesn't need to be in a cage. <laughs> so it's the, so the gyan is the fulfillment of the dharma. It's not just ignoring it. Um, it's, it's, it's dharma plus, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You follow? Mm-hmm. And the same holds true for bhakti. And, of course, it's readily understood that that's the case with gyan. Sannyasi has his own dharma, so to speak. What's the dharma of the sannyasa ashram? But it's not the dharma of, of, the, of the rest of the members of the varna ashram system. I mean, oh, uh, he, uh, he has no varna, so to speak, right? His, uh, he's, his, he's at the sannyasa ashram, but it's not in the world. Varnashram is for the world. He's out of the world. He's in it, but he's he's not in it, right? He goes typically the classical idea is he goes to the forest alone. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Varnashram is is dealing with karma, and now Gyan comes. So you do the karma right. You come to Nishkam karma. You come to Gyan. Dhyan, and now you're you're a a contemplative. You're not even in the world, so where's the concern of what's right or wrong to do in the world? You're not you're not engaged in the karmic activities of the different varnas. Right, each of the varnas has duties and responsibilities. You're not in any of these varnas. I mean, you could remotely say he's in the, the Brahman Varna, but sannyasis are transcendent to the, even the Brahminical priestly order. That's another, that's another step. Hmm? So really, he's kind of... He, sometimes they say, well, only, only the sen- Brahmins can take sannyas, but still taking sannyas means to go beyond Brahmanism as well. And there, the, the duties of the Brahman are not necessarily his. Sannyas has some of its own, what do you, what do you say, um, protocol and so forth. But it's out of the world. So that's clear. We need to make the point, and the Bhagavatam does, this is the case with bhakti and that much more, which is harder to understand because a lot of people in the Gyanmari think that bhakti is a means to obtain gyan. Don't see it as... as something uh, transcendent like Gyan is, but it is. It's the, it's, it's the end of the perfection of, of knowledge. So who has Shraddha, Bhagavatam says, in hearing and chanting about me, Krishna speaking, has no obligation to Varnashram. Hmm. The same thing, it, it, it comes in the 11th candle right after a verse about Gyan, same thing. Same thing and more so. But boy, you see, it's, 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 it's powerful because just Shraddha in Bhakti. Now, that's... People re, re, revolt against that idea. How can that be? Like, what does it mean to become a sannyasi? What's that compared to just having faith in Bhakti? <laughs> but such is the power of, uh, of Bhakti. Hmm? You follow, right? Yeah. 
Yes. Sure, it's not too hard. You know, you got books like uh, Madhurika Dhammani. It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty easy to tell. Not hard. The problem is we want to be in a higher stage than we are. <laughs> it's hard to admit. I'm only in this stage. That's the hard part. Hmm. But the glorious thing is to be on the path at all. That, that's the point. One shouldn't be discouraged to know where one is, given what path one's on. Patience and sincerity and uh, time, and we'll be successful. But yeah, it's useful. Otherwise, and a book like that is very, very helpful to the devotees. Based on two verses of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. What else? In the Gaurashtakalya Stotram, your commentary, there is this Nadia Nagar where Mahaprabhu is going in Nadia and it's compared to Mathura. I'm wondering, is uh, Nadia Mathura, or usually we think it is uh, Gupta Vrindavan, so, but Mathura is there, described also. The parallel is given, Krishna Balaram is walking in Mathura towards Kamsa to, uh, to uh, slay Kamsa. I said that in my commentary? Mm-hmm. Well, it's mm-hmm. also connected, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, Mentions that in his in, uh, in, in the Krishna in the corresponding. Uh, or I think that um, uh, the comparison is only um, in relation to uh, the uh, Mahaprabhu's associates at that time being in the most metropolitan-like area of Navadweep built up. Hmm? So the Brajmandal is talked about in different ways. Some ways it includes Mathura, the Mathura Mandal. Hmm? Right? Um, so, but, but otherwise, it, it, Mathura within the whole Brajmandal represents the metropolitan Leelas of Krishna, and any of the more rural. So I think that that explanation is more speaking of Navadweep town, where more commerce is going on, and it has more of a. I mean, it's still quite rural, but but comparatively, there's no tigers in the town, but there might be along the banks of the Ganges where some people are living, Bengali tigers and so forth. So it's a more of a city-like place. And Mahabhu is going through the city and he's entering into every house and expanding himself and every house and so forth. So um, otherwise, that said, 
I'd, I'd have to refresh my memory on that, but I believe in Navadvi Dhammahatmya Bhakti Vinodaku will designate somewhere in Navadvipa's Mathura. My mind's going more towards the Chandkazi's place, but I haven't haven't looked at that in, 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 a, in a while. Hmm. But I, anyway, I think that's the, mm-hmm. the, the spirit of that uh, that idea. That help? Yes. Well, uh, I don't know what was said there exactly, but in, in response to what you have said, um, uh, there's some place for that, but I, I, I don't think that that's, you know, flagged away. Like, we don't need to pay any attention to Siddhanta. We just attach ourselves to, to a sadhu. Hmm? I mean, the sadhu's going to teach you Siddhanta. One of the things that that he or she's going to do, so, um, but, I mean, it's true that attachment for worldly people, when transferred to sadhus, attachment for worldly people is a cause of bondage. When that attachment is transferred to sadhus, it becomes a cause of liberation, so, um, the sadhu is kind of the moving personification of the of the Bhagavad, therefore we have two Bhagavads, the book Bhagavad and the person Bhagavad. Mm-hmm. So, serving the person Bhagavad is like hearing from the book Bhagavad. And, um, um, you know, typically, as Chaitanya Charitamrita teaches, we need, we need both. Prem is distributed through these two, the book Bhagavad and the person Bhagavad together. Mm-hmm. But uh, s- some people may have more of an intellectual aptitude, aptitude to understand the teaching, more philosophical aptitude, and be able to explain it in detail. And others may may not, but they may be attached to the Vaishnava and serving him, and and um, whatever he says, they accept, and and that works too. Mm-hmm. So there's some place for that idea. But it's not something we uh, necessarily advocate. Oh, you don't need to know any Siddhanta. Just uh, attach yourself to a to a sadhu. Uh, that, that I'll tell you a story about that comes to my mind. Once I was uh, giving a talk, and um, it was like to a a general audience with some familiarity with with yoga. And uh, after I was finished. One of the guys in the audience said, I said, I'm not a bhakta, I'm a janana. 
which is, you know, he's trying to say Gyan, but he was pronounced that way. I'm a Janana, not a, not a Bhakta, he said, but wow, for a Bhakta, you sure got a lot of Janana. He said, in our ashram, the Bhaktas are mostly all ladies who just love the Guru. That's all, they just love the Guru. So, uh, I forget, uh, now what, what did I say to him? Explained to him, you know, that the bhakti is not just a sentiment, hmm? right? Janayati ashubhairagyam jnanam chaitoyetikam. So, knowledge and detachment accompany bhakti, just as maid servants to the queen. Hmm? Bhakti. Hmm? Um, so. It, <laughs> So we want to see if, if our if our attachment to a sadhu is is more than just a material sentiment, hmm? and some knowledge knowledge should be coming in us also some siddhanta, right? Hmm. And he should be teaching it to us. So for bhaktas, we should sure have a lot of janana. <laughs> Bhakti's the end of knowledge. That's what the Gita teaches. Rajavidya, Rajaguyam. What's the what's the highest the king of knowledge? Krishna says, Manmanabhakto Madhyaji Just become my devotee, offer obeisances to me. Hmm. Fix your mind on me. That's the end of knowledge. That's the king of knowledge. So it's another way of kind of saying what you're what you're talking about. But it takes a lot of a lot of knowledge to, to do that right. <laughs> hmm. One time I was listening to Govinda Maharaj was speaking and he was he was talking about the futility of studying Vedanta and Mahaprabhu was told by his guru, don't study Vedanta, you know. And so forth. He was emphasizing this point that bhakti over gyan, bhakti over over gyan, right. So he was and in the course of that he was quoting so many verses, so many verses. I was thinking Sure, he's, he's got a lot of ga- janana there. For, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, uh, so that might have been missed on a lot of people. With it. Yeah, yeah. And then they, then you get up and give a learned lecture, which I had, which I, what I did afterwards. I was supposed to do. It was a particular setting, and then you get criticized for your knowledge. Yeah. Oh, he just got a lot of knowledge. That's all. Misunderstanding. But, I mean, oh, yes, I mean, you have to look at the two paths classically, Gyan and Bhakti, and these are the, you know, paths in pursuit of transcendence, right? And so the, 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 the Gyanis are really fond of argumentation and, and this, this, this way for knowing that really involves in, intensely applying the intellect, which you kind of have to have a brahminical mind for and a philosophical mind and so forth to be a jnani. That's why they say, well, to take sannyas and 
Dvaita Vedanta, first you have to become a Brahmin. So, by contrast, bhakti is, who cares for that? What did Mahaprabhu do? The sannyasis were, in Banaris were gathering every day for their discussion of Vedanta, and Mahaprabhu was singing and dancing and, and then with musical instruments in the street. That's quite a contrast. It looks very worldly and and uh, you know, music and dancing, public display and so forth. So um, he was criticized by the sannyasis, and then by his own arrangement, he was brought there. And um, and then when he created a teachable moment by his humility, then he began to show there's a lot of lot of lot of janana inside of bhakti, and he gave proper understanding of Vedanta and so forth. It was all came within him. The implication is through bhakti, through hearing and chanting. Hmm. So, by contrast, yeah, bhakti is is, is 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 tends to play down argumentation and and so forth, and uh, just do bhakti, be happy, worship Krishna, dance and sing and. And then when you do sit down and have to discuss, you find you, can, you know quite a bit. Hmm. All right. Yes. Well, I don't know. What comes to my mind is fools rush in where angels dare to tread is a saying. Fear to fear to tread. Fear to tread. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. And then there's another saying, he who hesitates is lost. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to think, unfortunately. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to tell you. You have to, you have to think. Um, right? um, yeah. Um. Well, no, I, I don't think the the the, the uh, verse of Bhakti Siddhanta applies only to Madhurya Ras. It applies to Ragmarg, Vijal. It's a very high thing, um, and uh, it, uh, it it's, it's not to be imitated. And we need to know the goal and the ideal, but we need to focus where we're at. Also, we need to understand the tattva, and it may take some it may take a lifetime. Get that foundation, that soil, in, in place that that Bob will grow from. So don't don't be, um, you know, you got a long way to go, and it's uh, but so concentrate on where you, where you are, 
and where you, you know where you're going and concentrate where you are. I think that's the um, the the emphasis. The the problem becomes where where you think, in the name of focusing where you are, you you don't even have any idea where you're going. Mm. Oh no no! F don't fools rush in? The angels fear tread there. You know I'm not going there. You are going there. That's where the <laughs> that's exactly where you're going. And uh, and, and you have to keep that. In, in sight, right? But you got to go there at the right, right pace. That's all. So we shouldn't see our steps, even our baby steps, so to speak, as different from um, what would be a long leap from where we are now and what hap what takes place there. They all work, work, work together. Be true beauty, Bhagavatam says, is knowing your place. So, I mean, where you're at and where you need to focus and make progress from there. And then that's where you're going to be happy. Otherwise, you're going to be out of balance. Mm. Going too slow or going too fast, either way. I mean, this the verse of Bhakti Siddhanta that you cite, Pujala Ragatapa Gaurava Bhangi Matala Sarujan Kirtanarange. What he's saying there is that that we will worship the ideal of Rag Bhakti by doing Kirtan. And his idea of Kirtan was to preach about the ideal. And in terms of preaching about the ideal, you have to, like I said the other day, if you want a mango, I've got them, come to me. Hmm? And you come looking for this thing that you heard about, it's real sweet and juicy and has a nice aroma, and then I give you this dry, hard seed. So here's your mango, put it in the ground. And you think, what, it's supposed to be up in the tree, and you're putting it in the ground, putting dirt on top of it. So, that's all part of giving the mango. You got to water it, and you have to wait a few years, and first mango comes, and that's not going to be a good one. You got to wait another year. Um, so, so um, so preaching like this. Sometimes it's said that eighty percent of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's teaching was about what Rag Bhakti is not, what the Braj Leela of Krishna is not. So that, but that's speaking about it, right? It's not what you think it is. It's not like this. It's not like that. It's not just a sentiment. Is it? So he's speaking about it appropriately to general people that they might get rooted in the foundation of proper understanding and so forth, Sambandha Gyan. Um, um, so, uh, you know, that point being that that ideal is always in mind. Hmm? That's what you're talking about. Hmm? That's the whole goal. And, and then you're talking about how to, how to, how to, how to go there, you know, here, where to focus here and now. It's not like losing sight of not having, oh, don't talk about the goal, anything like that. Hmm? But, but that doesn't mean you do what the people do there now. Hmm? You do what you need to do to go there. And then act like those people. So, 
you know, just put on a sari and say, I'm a gopi. And get a partner. Call it parakia. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but that did happen in some places. So, so the, the verse, anyway, is all about rag bhakti. It's very clear. The ideal is rag bhakti. We worship the rag bhakti by way of preaching about it and about what it's not through kirtan, and then of its own accord, it will be that sarup shakti will incline towards us, reveal itself. Then, then reverence for the for, for the marg itself will be broken. You will enter in there. So it's very much involves like like I say, knowing what the ideal is. And what's the prayogen and, and knowing where you are. You've got to have both things. So, it's our last guru session for a few months. Expect to be back in the summer at some point. And uh, I look forward to that. And. I hope you'll all, I guess you'll all be here. You'll be back, you know, you, you're, you plan to be back. Is there anybody not here tonight? Right. Okay, otherwise I'm leaving about, what, 10 in the morning? Okay. Shishidaji Gopal Ki Jai. Gold. Bhaktivinda Ki Jai. Gold. Gold.